This is The Mudroom, on Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson, parenting effectiveness coach and child behavior strategist. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers and preschoolers more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mudroom. Tonight, I want to chat about something that everybody does and is making your day 100% harder, at least in my opinion. And that's asking your kids questions that you don't actually want answers to. Before we get into this, though, I'm your host, Alana Robinson, and I am a parenting effectiveness coach and child behavior strategist, and I help parents, just like you, of infants, toddlers, and preschoolers to understand why their children are misbehaving and how to fix it without yelling, shaming, or using timeouts. So tonight, hey, Carrie, thanks for joining me. Tonight, we're going to talk about something that is so itty-bitty small, and it makes such a huge difference to your child's behavior. And that's that you keep asking them questions that you don't actually want answers to. This is one of those things that I can almost guarantee that you've never thought about. But now that I'm bringing it to your attention, it's going to be like when your friend buys a new car that you've never heard of, and then suddenly you start seeing them everywhere because now you're aware of it. (laughs) That actually just happened to me. A friend of mine just bought a VW Atlas, and I'd never seen one before, which is pretty significant because I'm generally in about three to five strangers' cars every week installing car seats in my local community. But now everywhere I turn, there's a VW Atlas. So this is going to be like that. You're never going to have given this a second thought, but after I talk you through it, it's going to be driving you insane, just like it drives me insane. (laughs) Misery loves company. All right. So hands up in the comments. Drop the little like hands up emoji or say I if this has ever happened to you. You're getting ready to leave the house and you turn to your two to five-year-old and you say, hey, can you put your jacket on? And they immediately look at you and say, no, and then they run away or they flop on the ground like a fish out of water. And then you get exasperated and you go to do it yourself. And then they freak out. Who's had that happen to them? Maybe it's not outdoor gear specifically. Maybe you've asked them if they can go to the bathroom or, hey, can you go get mommy anything? I know this isn't just happening in my house for a fact, because not only am I a mother, but I was a nanny back in the day, and then I was an early interventionist, and I worked in people's homes. So I spent a fair share of my time observing families, like, really up close and personal. Sherilyn says, hi, Sherilyn. Hey, Nikki. So here's your homework for this week. I'm going to give it to you right out of the gate tonight. You need to stop doing that. Stop phrasing directions as questions. This is one of the very few things that is your fault. And I don't usually say that to parents. But that reaction that you're getting is 100% your fault. Because you just phrased something that isn't an option as an option. And then you get frustrated and upset when they make that choice. So now they're confused and frustrated because they just did exactly what you asked them to do. And you're not happy. 
and you're frustrated as fuck because you just ask them to do something very simple that they can probably do in their sleep or at least with minimal effort. And you're confused as to why they refuse to do it. So this is the same concept as when we're using controlled choices, right? If you've been hanging around the parenting posse for any length of time, you've heard all of this before. But for those of you who are new, and I think we added like 200 members in the posse last month alone, so there's a few of you. The aim of controlled choices is to give your children some control over what's going on in their lives. Because kids control very little in all actuality, right? And they only really control three things. What they eat, when they eliminate, and when they sleep. So when parents find themselves in power struggles over this menial random crap with their kids, that's always my first recommendation. Start using controlled choices. It's also the third step in my logical consequence process, and I'll drop a link to the blog post that explains that down in the comments. Or if you're listening on the podcast, I'll put that blog post in the description of this episode. But controlled choices are just that. They're giving your children small amounts of control over their everyday lives. Do you want the red cup or the blue cup? Do you want to wear the orange jacket or the pink jacket? Do you want to walk up the stairs by yourself or should I carry you? The end game of controlled choices is always that you as the parent, what you want to do is done, right? What you want to happen happens. But it gives them that small amount of control over how it happens, and that increases their buy-in, and thus it reduces tantrums. But so many people do this wrong. If I had a nickel for every time I talk to clients and they're like, I tried it, and if anything, it was worse because she picked the wrong choice. Eh, wrong. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. There can be no wrong choice. When you're using controlled choices, you have to be 100% positive, 100% positive before giving choices that you are 100% okay with them picking either choice. Do you want to walk up the stairs or should I carry you? If my goal is to get them up the stairs, I really don't care how we do it. I'm good with carrying them up if that's going to get me to my end game. But if for whatever reason being carried isn't actually an option, let's say I've got my arms full of bags, that's not a good controlled choice. In that instance, I could say, do you want to walk in front of me or behind me? Do you want to walk up the stairs or do you want to hop up the stairs? Should we go up the stairs fast or slow? I'm okay with any of those options because I just want them to get up the bloody staircase. But... By allowing them to make that little choice that really makes no difference, they feel empowered and they feel more in control of their bodies and their lives and they resist less. Another example would be when it's cold outside and my son refuses to wear a jacket. Okay, dude, you've got two options. You can put your jacket on here in the warm house or you can put it on when we get to the store. I really don't care whether he puts his car coat on in the warmth of the house or in the car at our destination. Personally, <laughs> I feel that he'd be much more comfortable overall if he just put on the freaking jacket now. But whatever, being cold for two minutes while I run him out to the car and strap him into his car seat isn't going to kill him. So if that gets me what I want, which is to get out the door and on the road, that's fine. Or sometimes I've had to offer him his blue snowsuit or his red snowsuit. 
either way, he's going in a snowsuit and he's going outside to play. Which one he's in is no skin off of my back. But I couldn't, for instance, offer, you can put your jacket on now or we can't go to gymnastics. No, (laughs) right? If he chooses to stay home, I'm going to end up overriding him and that will negate the effort that I put in. So that's wrong. Don't do that. The same concept applies to when you phrase requests as questions. Can you get me your dirty laundry? No, you just asked a question. You gave them an option there without intending to, but you did it nonetheless, right? There was a bad choice, the choice to say no, and you are shooting yourself in the foot. So here's how you stop doing it. First, stop asking and start telling. Remove the word can from your vocabulary. It's not, can you put your jacket on, please? It's put your jacket on, please. It's not, can you help mama and put this over by the door? It's, please put this over by the door. You know, put this on the table. It's not, hey, is it bedtime? (laughs) It's, hey, it's bedtime. It's such a small tweak in how you're talking to your kids, but it makes all the difference because now they aren't responding as though there was an option presented to them and you're reneging on it. Now they're just responding to a direction, which doesn't mean that they're never going to freak out but I can guarantee you that it's going to dramatically reduce them. Hey, Krista. Hey, Anna. Thanks for joining me, guys. So the second thing that you can do, as I said, is to be really sure that the options that you're giving are, in fact, options. And yes, you can do it or I will help you are valid options. When you stop giving kids options that aren't actually available to them and you start asking them or you stop asking them rhetorical questions, it's going to change your life. Pinky promise. Personally, I don't think that controlled choices are, there's no situation where I think that controlled choices aren't useful. I think they're pretty much always useful. I can't even really think of an instance where it's not appropriate. So maybe like in an urgent safety situation, But if you're needing a bit of guidance on where using controlled choices will give you the most bang for your proverbial buck, my scripts for managing crazy making behavior have some instances where controlled choices are going to give you that really good kick. They're really going to help you get to your end game. And they're 100% free. I'm insanely proud of them. I've had people report seeing improvements in their child's behavior in as little as five hours with using them. And you can grab them by going to prnt.link slash scripts. Okay, so that's pretty much all I had to say tonight. What do you think? Is this something that you're guilty of? Is it something that you can see yourself implementing starting tomorrow morning? If you decide to make this switch, and I strongly encourage you to do so, Make sure to come back and let me know what differences you see over the next couple of days, either here in the comments of this video, or you can come join us in the Parenting Posse, which is my free peer support Facebook group. It's open to anyone with a child under the age of six. So if that's you and you aren't a member yet, please come join us. We'd love to get to know you. I promise we don't bite. I'm actually ridiculously proud of the fact that the Posse is pretty much 100% drama free. And as always, if this has been helpful, make sure to subscribe to live stream notifications or subscribe to the podcast if that's how you're listening. And 
make sure that you never miss any other little nuggets that I have for you. Krista says, I love controlled choices. I need to better about only offering two or three options. Yes, that is something that is will make or break your controlled choices. Krista, you're 100% right. If you were giving like five or six options, it's way too much. A child can really only handle as many options as as many years old they are. Typically, I keep it to just two, even for four or five-year-olds. Sometimes I'll add in a third. But for the most part, I try and keep it to you can do this or that, and that's it. Because especially when you give odd numbers of choices, they tend to go, okay, well, what's option four? Well, what's option five? Right? There's just, they can just keep pushing. They just want you to keep going. So absolutely. I try and always just keep it to two. You can do this or that. All right. So that's all I have for you this week. I will see you all again next week. Have a great evening, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to The Mudroom, Uncommon Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson. If you like what you just heard, remember to join us every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, and connect with us on social. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.